Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, hey. Welcome into another edition of Respect My Decision. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Thanks for tuning in. Saturday morning, getting ready for college football week 14. Pleased to be joined this week by East Coast recruiting analyst Adam Friedman of Rivals. Adam, welcome. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on this morning. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll get right to it. You, you cover literally everywhere uh, on the East Coast. Um, we could just jump right into it. I've had people ask me this question, and I don't really know an answer. Um, I, I will admit I, I, I'm not a avid watcher of Penn State, but just starting there and, and with James Franklin and, and they've recruited well over the years since he's been there, but I don't, it's, is there something not translating on the field or is it maybe something a little bit deeper in terms of roster building and just, ab, you know, overall talent on the field? You know, we've seen it a little bit this year with, uh, teams that have new coordinators and relatively young uh, key position players. Uh, at Penn State, you've got Kirk Sharaka. They came in, the new offensive coordinator. And this offense, you know, under uh, Sean, uh, Sean Clifford, uh, just not really clicking. And we've, we've seen that. They've had some key injuries at the running back spot, but they still have a lot of talent there. They're fairly young at key receiver position. Uh, you know, they've had some really good ones over the last few years. And this year we've seen guys like Jahan Dotson really emerge. He's been in that program for a couple of years. But new new coaches have come in. They don't have a ton of time to work with these guys, especially in a pandemic-shortened year. Uh, it really put them behind the eight ball. So that could be an explanation for why we're seeing some struggles on the field this year, um, off the field. Really, a difficult recruiting year for them. They still have a top 30 class right now, but only 14 commitments. And we knew it was going to be a small class heading into the year. But when you look at the guys that they have in this class, they missed on nine of the top 10 players in state. And it's a really good year in the state of Pennsylvania for talent. Um, they got a guy like Nolan Rucci, who's just down the road, um, you know, not too far away, but both of his parents went to Penn State. His dad played in the NFL for years, and they lose him to Wisconsin. They lose uh, Kyle McCord, one of the top quarterbacks in the country, to Ohio State, and his teammate, Marvin Harrison Jr., to Ohio State, both Philadelphia natives. One that really stung was safety Derek Davis. He ended up leaving the Pittsburgh area to go down to LSU, and the former head coach at his high school a few years back 
is Penn State's current defensive backs coach. So a really difficult year in-state recruiting for Penn State. I know they would have loved to get some of these guys to jump on board with them, but it just hasn't been the case this year. And you can point to the -the on-the-field struggles. You can point to the new coaches that they have on the staff and not having some long-term relationships with these guys. But whatever the case may be, it it doesn't lessen this thing of the, the misses this year. So I've asked everybody that I've had on on the show their thoughts on the 2021 cycle and just how different it is, how unique, how how difficult for staffs to to be able to recruit, um, you know, at full capacity, no official visits, you can't have any in-person contact, all of that good stuff. Um, you've had rare instances when recruits, you know, if they're local or if they can make it work can travel on their own unofficially and attend a game, but you still, you're, you're not getting to meet with coaches. You're not getting to see a campus officially. Uh, how has that affected everybody on the East coast from, from Penn state to Maryland, to North Carolina, South Carolina? I mean, just everybody. Is it, I, I mean, I, I think this is all somewhat rhetorical. I think it's huge and it's affected a ton of programs, especially new staffs, but in your eyes, how, how big of an impact has it had? It's going to be, it's been huge. Um, you talk to some random college coaches and college evaluators. They really want to get some updated heights and weights. They want to get some updated film um, from these players that were fringe players uh, heading into their senior years. And there really isn't anything out there, especially for the players in states that did not play this fall. A lot of states in my region didn't play. Maryland, D.C., Virginia, two of the most populated states in the country, really, uh, and, and really deep recruiting uh, uh, territory for, for teams across the country, uh, didn't get a chance to play this year. Some of the best programs in the country are in the D.C., Maryland areas, the WCAC private schools, St. Francis Academy in, in Baltimore, really talented programs, uh, Virginia Beach area. Uh, you look at guys like uh, who just committed on Friday, Naquan Brown was really looking forward to playing his senior year. Uh, but, you know, teams hadn't had a whole lot of chance to uh, uh, reevaluate him. He ends up decommitting from LSU and going to Pitt. Uh, so a lot of teams out there have struggled to get updated evaluations on these players. And just me personally having to get updated evaluations on some players. The top two players in my region didn't even play this year. Caleb Williams, who's an Oklahoma commit, five-star quarterback, and a five-star offensive tackle, Tristan Lee, who's uncommitted at this point. Uh, didn't even play this year. So it's been really difficult to get a handle on some guys who have worked really hard in the offseason to develop and take their game to the next level. Um, and you just don't really know how good they actually are because they haven't gotten a chance to play. I talked last week with Ari Washman of The Athletic, and we touched on, you know, the, the Will Muschamp firing was pretty fresh. And we talked about the effects that a, a coach being fired before the season is over can affect a recruiting class. Um, now, no one's getting fired up there, but you cover North Carolina, and I, and I was very intrigued to, to hear your thoughts on Mac Brown and what they've been able to do this year because they, they had a, a huge, huge wave of commits, I feel like, earlier this year, maybe mid to late summer, uh, kind of burst on the scene. But, you know, I, I was skeptical about Mac Brown, and I think a lot of people were. I don't think I was alone in that. A lot of people were skeptical, thought, you know, eh, maybe he's just a little past his prime. I don't know if he can get it done. But the Tar Heels are rolling right now in terms of recruiting. Um, I have to look at the team rankings to see where they're at. But, I mean, they have quite a few blue chip players. I, what has been 
the difference and what has really clicked in, in uh, Chapel Hill? Yeah, I think it's been a number of factors. Uh, the first being, you know, Mac Brown still has great relationships in North Carolina. Um, when a player and their family, you know, get on the phone or get in front of Mac Brown, he still has, the, he's still very charismatic. He can recruit guys. He can, he doesn't, he can't necessarily relate, but he can speak to their, uh, to their, to where they're at in their lives. He has that perspective to be able to relate to guys on that level. Um, and when you combine that with what they've been able to do on the field in these first couple of years with Mac Brown, it's, it's been really tremendous. And, uh, you know, getting Sam Howell really has been the catalyst for all of this. Cause I don't think they'd have the success on the field that they're having now without him getting him to flip from Florida state, uh, right in the beginning of, the, of his, uh, new tenure here. Uh, was was huge. Um, you look at this recruiting class, though they're sit number fifteen in the nation, which is outstanding for this uh, for this you know this program that has been kind of in the bottom of the ACC for quite a while. Um, Drake May, a rivals two fifty quarterback, Power Eccles, rivals two fifty linebacker. You look at the two defensive ends they've got in this class, and Keyshawn Silver and Javari Ritzy, and both rivals two fifty guys. Uh, really outstanding group there. Uh, Renaria Dilworth, Rara, as they call him, he's a, he's an outstanding uh, linebacker uh, in, the, in the Rivals 250. So they're bringing in a lot of help on the defensive side of the ball. We've seen the struggles there this year. Uh, they've got a lot, lot of young talent they already have on, on in the program, and uh, we expect them to develop over the next year or two and really solidify that side of the ball. Because if we're being honest, you probably have one more year with Sam Howell, and then he's off to the NFL. But then you've got Drake May coming in right behind him. You've got some other quarterbacks on the on the roster right now that are they're no slouches over there. So um, this program is built to last right now. They just need to continue to improve on that defensive side and bring in some big bodies uh, on the offensive line because it's no it, it really isn't hard for them to recruit skill players. There's a ton of them in uh, North Carolina and, and the surrounding states. So uh, I don't. I don't foresee North Carolina really falling off too too quickly here, as long as Mac Brown has this thing rolling. Well, in the in the ACC, you know, the class is obviously Clemson, but Florida State's kind of taken a, a step back these last couple of years, so it looks like they they might be poised to kind of be that that second team in that first tier in the ACC. Because you know this was an unintentional segue. I wanted to to talk to you about the the talent that's up there. Uh, northeast east coast because I, I feel like it doesn't get a lot of credit you know everybody talks about california and texas and florida and georgia and most of the southeast but you know you look at this class i mean right now scrolling down the list you've got everybody from the Tar Heel state except you've got somebody from nashville you've got a hampton virginia thrown in there and a myrtle beach everybody else is from north carolina so i i wanted to yeah, everybody knows about the dmv and how loaded they are year in, year out. And um, it, it, you've seen Alabama go in there and pluck dudes out. Clemson has done it. But North Carolina, I think South Carolina is a sneaky, talented state when it comes to high school football. But where else up there on the East Coast is, is somebody that, that deserves a, deserves some fanfare? Yeah, over the last year or so, maybe two years, I would say, the Boston and Massachusetts, Connecticut area up there has turned out some really good players. Maybe not headlining type of prospects, but just some guys who deserve a little bit more credit than they've been given. Um, you know, this year you've got a guy like Drew Kendall. He's an uncommitted uh, offensive lineman from uh, the Boston area who 
is just really an outstanding player. His dad, uh, I don't know if anybody would remember, but his dad, Pete Kendall, was a longtime uh, offensive lineman in the NFL for, for a number of years. I think he was with the uh, Redskins and with the uh, Patriots for a while. I guess I should say the Washington football team now. Um, but, uh, there's a bunch of players up there who've uh, just been really, really good and, uh, they don't travel too much. They don't do the major camps as much. So they don't get the off season headlines that a lot of the players from other areas of the country get. And, um, that might hurt their profile a little bit, but it certainly hasn't stopped them from getting recruited. Um, I'm a big fan of the offensive line hall that Boston college actually got last year. Uh, if you take a look at, uh, this group, it's uh, it's really special. I mean, Boston College has been, spent, has been sending you know, offensive linemen to the NFL for, for a number of years, and uh, they got a couple of good ones in the last cycle. We'll see if they're able to develop them and, and really fulfill their potential. But uh, teams like Michigan have done a good job recruiting top talent out of that area. Penn State, uh, you know, Pat Fryermuth is from, uh, from that area. So uh, they've done a good job up there developing talent. It isn't you know, they're not loaded, but, you know, you go 5-10 deep in the state of Massachusetts and Boston, and uh, they can almost compete with the large majority of the states around the country. So speaking of the of the, the East Coast and the Northeast, uh, th- th- there's still quite a few uncommitted, undecided, whether they're uh, going to commit and sign early or wait until February. Who are some of the, the heavy hitters in the Rivals 250 that are still hanging around that have yet to make a decision. Yeah, I mentioned him earlier. Five-star offensive tackle Tristan Lee is the t- my top uncommitted prospect uh, throughout my region. Uh, he's from Northern Virginia, uh, really considering Oklahoma, LSU, Ohio State, Clemson. Florida is in there also at this point. Um, my future cast is on Oklahoma. I, I expect them to get him. He's supposed to sign during the early signing period here in December and then announce his commitment in early January. Um, I expect him to end up at Oklahoma. He's taking his, well, it's Saturday. So, you know, he's, he's down in Oklahoma right now for his second visit during the pandemic. So he's paid his own way to go down to Oklahoma and take a look around without getting any face time with the coaches. So that really speaks volumes about where the Sooners stand with him. Uh, the LSU Tigers really were in a great spot with him uh, pretty much up until the spring, and then they started to lose some momentum. Um, and a lot of that is due to um, the efforts that five-star Oklahoma quarterback commit Caleb Williams has, has put into recruiting Tristan. Um, you know, Caleb is from the D.C. area, uh, and Tristan in, in northern Virginia, uh, the two of them are very close. Their families are growing closer and uh, the recruiting efforts there by Caleb Williams is, is really helping uh, Oklahoma here. Uh, Ohio State missed out a ch- missed out on a chance of getting Lee on campus, but the Buckeyes are still involved. And it sounds like Florida has a chance to get him on campus again in the next week or so. We'll see if that visit actually pans out. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. But for now, I think Oklahoma's the place for him. Uh, the next highest uncommitted player I've got is defensive tackle. Uh, Tywin Malone, a dual sport star. He, he made some headlines on the baseball diamond uh, this past spring and summer. Uh, there was a chance he might get drafted uh, in the major league draft uh, this this year. Uh, I don't think that happened, but he's definitely going to play both sports in college. Uh, he's not signing until February, so there's a lot of time left for teams to jockey for position. But it seems like this is boiling down to Ole Miss and Tennessee. Uh, the fact that Tennessee fired their defensive line coach midseason is not a good sign for the Vols. 
But their, ten, their baseball uh, coach over there has done a tremendous job recruiting Taiwan. And Jeremy Prude over there is, has not taken his foot off the gas at all. Um, I still think Ole Miss has the edge at this point, but we'll see how things pan out over the last month and a half or so of this recruiting cycle. Uh, Drew Kendall, we touched on him earlier. Uh, I think he's going to end up at Boston College, but Stanford is right there. Uh, we'll see if he ends up signing this month or, or holding off until February to see uh, where things stand with Stanford. Uh, the next two guys, are, um, real quick here, are, are George Rooks, a Rivals 250 defensive end out of St. Peter's Prep Powerhouse there in uh, in Northern Virginia. Um, his recruitment's been a little strange. He's been very close to committing on a number of occasions. It looks like his recruitment, though, is coming down to Michigan and Penn State. I give the edge to Penn State right now, but it's very close. Uh, we'll have to see where he ends up between those two schools. And then Elijah Judy, former Georgia commit. The dogs are still very much involved there, but it seems like it's trending towards Texas A&M for him. He's another one who plans on signing it this month here in December during the early signing period, but will announce his decision uh, in early January. So I teased it a little earlier, and we'll we'll take a, a brief step away from recruiting, uh, talking about Will Muschamp and how he is no longer the coach at South Carolina. So twofold question here. Um, do you have any any connection or have you talked to anyone in regards to who the Gamecocks are looking to hire? And then on the flip side, Virginia Tech with Justin Fuente has just been kind of a weird up and down roller coaster ride. Um, do you think that that seat is starting to heat up there in Blacksburg at all? Uh, well, definitely yes to that um, that question about Virginia Tech and Justin Fuente. They, the seat is very hot. I just don't know if they're going to be able to move on from him this year. That buyout is uh, is pretty big for him, and uh, you know it's a t- it's a difficult year to try to uh, move on from a coach like that. Um, he, they do have really good relationships within the state. Uh, they just have not had a whole lot of success recruiting guys and and really building momentum on the field. So. Uh, we'll wonder. We'll see if we can if they can get their feet under them in the second, you know, the last little bit here of this season and then into next season. Uh, but we'll definitely be keeping an eye on uh, the coaching uh, position over at Virginia Tech. Uh, but in South Carolina, things are really heating up for Shane Beamer. Um, it seems like he might be the favorite to land the job. Uh, Billy Napier is involved. Brian Johnson, uh, the offensive coordinator at Florida, is a name I've been hearing more and more lately. Uh, so we'll see how things turn out there. Uh, they still want to hire, uh, make their hire before uh, the early signing period. Uh, I would imagine it is probably going to happen no later than next weekend, uh, maybe right after the last game. So um, we'll keep an eye on that one. But things are coming down to the end for the South Carolina vacancy. So staying up there, I wanted to ask you about Jeff Halfley and the job that he's done at Boston College. Uh, Obviously, he spent a year at Ohio State as the co-DC secondary coach, quickly bolted for the head job at Boston College. I asked Ari this last week, and I want to ask you this. Is his name going to pop up uh, whenever there is a vacancy in Ann Arbor, or do you see potentially him sticking around and uh, hanging at Boston College for a little bit? I think you want to see a little bit more on-field success before his name pops up with 
some big jobs like that. I could I would imagine his name uh, gets mentioned for some other uh, mid-level Power Five jobs, uh, but he need uh, you know the ACC is not a terribly difficult conference right now, and they've got some guys coming in in this recruiting class right now, uh, the 21 recruiting class, who can put them over the edge and really help them win some you know, some big games, win eight, nine, maybe even 10 games. Um, and I would expect his name to be a lot mentioned a lot louder with some of those big openings that are going to come up, whether it be the Michigan job or some other ones around the country. Um, you look at this recruiting class, it's pretty, pretty impressive. And they're off to a great start in the 22 recruiting class. Um, they have what I think they have a, a number, the number six class in the 2022 uh, recruiting cycle already. So um, I'm expecting them to work hard to, you know, build, bring in more more talent. If they can continue to bring in some top guys from that New England area that we mentioned, you know, players that are not heavily recruited but are still very good, um, if they can lock that area down, um, we're looking at a program that could really contend with uh, some of the best uh, best programs in the ACC and maybe from around the country because you build they're building this team to compete with anybody they got big offensive linemen they have a solid defense that can defend against the run and the pass and they've got an explosive offense a quarterback in phil jacovic who can really push the ball down the field and make some plays with his legs uh, they got some receivers who are pretty explosive as well so uh, this program is on the rise and it's not slowing down with the way they when you look at these players that they're bringing in so we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Jamie Chadwell since we're talking about the East Coast and talking South Carolina. Um, done a fantastic job at Coastal. Um, five and seven in his first or his second year after going three and nine and then now nine and oh. Uh, don't get the shot at Liberty, but they get a shot at BYU. Do you anticipate his name starting to pop up more and more with uh, some lower to mid power five jobs coming open? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, I've heard his name mentioned very, very loudly for that Vanderbilt job. I think he's from Tennessee uh, originally, so uh, that would be a great fit there for him. Um, you know, he kind of took his name out of the running for that South Carolina job, um, but I wouldn't, you know, if there's another opening at the South at South Carolina in a few years, it would not be surprising to see him, um, you know, be mentioned again for that position. Uh, but you can't speak, and you, know, you can't speak too hi- highly enough about about what he's done at Coastal Carolina, a program that really hasn't had a lot of success over the years. And you know, there is a lot of talent in South Carolina that doesn't get recruited very much. Um, you know, it's so spread out in that state that it's really a difficult area to recruit. And they've done a great job picking up players from the high school ranks. They've been bringing in transfers. Uh, and they've done a good job developing guys down there too. They don't have a ton of resources like some of these other programs, but Coach Chadwell has really built this his really good system down there. And it it would be very interesting to see how he would recruit at a school with a little bit more resources that's a little bit more well known, um, and, and players, you know, might end up flocking to him because he does run an exciting uh, program down there. I have to ask because I mentioned him. BYU, do they deserve to be in the playoff or no? I don't think so. Um, you, you can't tell me that that team, with the players that they have at the skill positions and on the line, that they could compete with teams like what we're seeing from Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Clemson. Um, 
or even Florida at this point. I mean, you know, Florida's got players on that defensive side of the ball that could contain that offense. Um, and they probably aren't even going to make the playoff either unless they beat Alabama in the SEC championship game. Uh, so I, you know, it's a very good year for them. You can't say enough about their enough stuff about their quarterback. He, he's played his way into the uh, Heisman conversation. Um, but I just don't think that they're built to stand up to uh, a team like, you know, like we mentioned, Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State for four quarters. They could play them for two and a half, maybe three quarters. But in the end, it's it's not going to go their way because these other teams are bigger, faster, stronger. Um, but if you know if that defense was able to uh, you know create a couple of turnovers and keep some of those explosive offenses off the off the field, um, they might be able to pick up a couple more uh, touchdowns and, and end up winning the game. But uh, I just it's just the eyeball test right now is is telling me that they're not a team that would be able to compete in the college football playoff. Now, I asked you about states that deserve some more fanfare, and I'm going to ask you about a uh, particular prospect here in a state that I don't think gets enough fanfare. Now, the the prep football there is is interesting, to say the least, and it's that doesn't mean it's not good. Um, but All-American Bowl uh, selection, Armand Bethea from, uh, from Brooklyn, uh, his, his recruitment's kind of slowed down a little bit. Um, he was going to commit at the – all-star game I, I think he might still be doing it because i think they're going to give them sort of a uh some kind of television show like a zoom to to let yeah, them on, do on their commitment second is what it's going to be yeah yeah so arizona state looks to be the favorite for him right now um which is which is wild and, and cool and that's what makes college football so fun because you got a staff from tempe arizona making a connection with a guy from brooklyn during a uh pandemic uh shortened and you know affected cycle but uh have you heard anything on him as of late and uh you know do you think he's leaning anywhere yeah i do think it is arizona state leading for him but i would not be surprised if a team like ole miss would really be able to you know sneak in there and change his mind here at the last minute but they've done a really good job with him over the last um you know, however many months it's been since they really turned up the heat on him. Arkansas, Louisville is still very much involved there. Texas A&M still involved as well. So we'll see uh, how things turn out with him. I would expect his decision to come down to Arizona State and Ole Miss, though. Um, it's just going to look – it's looking like it's been trending that way for, for a good while. He's been an interesting recruit to follow. Uh, he really worked hard – you know, after the, his junior year to cut weight and, and really improve his physical uh, traits. I would expect him to still need another year or two before he could be considered for some uh, for some serious playing time at either program. Uh, he is a hard worker, though. He, he just needs to be coached up a little bit more and 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 uh, hit that that strength and conditioning staff up for for some big time uh, uh, tutoring, we'll call it. But um, you know, he's a big body that moves fairly well, um, and, and uh, the technique uh, is really coming along for him. So last thing before I let you go, Adam, and again, thank you so much for your time this morning. But the transfer portal, it's, it's a thing. To, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> to, yeah. To put it lightly. Um, so this season is just going to, I think, make it even crazier just because it's just been a weird year, and you know there might be some – some student athletes out there that that might want to, you know, go explore their options elsewhere uh, in terms of not, you know, transfers, but also grad transfers that are looking for immediate 
eligibility and, and playing time. Uh, up in your neck of the woods, do you anticipate, uh, you don't have to name names, but any particular schools that, that might see uh, some big-time players kind of start looking around? Um, you know, I, I would be surprised if some of these programs would lose players to the transfer portal. I would expect more teams in my region to look for players via the transfer portal. Teams like Maryland and Rutgers who are really trying to rebuild their rosters, uh, I would expect them to try to bring in more guys via the transfer portal than actually lose players that way. Um, a team like maybe um, Penn State might lose one or two because of the way position battles might pan out. Um, and you don't know what's going to happen with some of these guys because the, of the way the NCAA has given everybody an extra year of eligibility. That's going to really change the layout of these rosters. It's, these college coaches are having a very difficult time uh, figuring out how to manage their rosters because this extra year is throwing a fork in all their plans. Um, you really don't know uh, what some of these players are going to do, whether they're going to take advantage of that extra year or not. Um, I would expect maybe Virginia Tech to lose a couple more guys. Um, Virginia could try to bring in a few more. I would think they lost one already in Juwan Briggs, a heavily recruited defensive tackle a few years back. Uh, he ended up committing to Cincinnati via the transfer portal. Um, so it's something to keep an eye on. Uh, but it's really, you know, the transfer portal is is a game changer for, for some of these programs that are looking to bring in more talented uh, players that they maybe did not get the first time around. Um, so keep an eye on that kind of thing. Last thing, will Urban Meyer be coaching somewhere in 2021? No, he won't be. It's a <laughs> flat no. I love the rumors. I love following that stuff because, you know, Urban Meyer, you know, such a polarizing figure. He's a tremendous head coach. He's run programs you know for years and gotten national championships and and you know he wins a ton of games he's fun to have in college football um you know but uh, i don't think he's gonna uh end up being a head coach again um you know he's having fun doing the uh doing the uh broadcasting gigs uh, and you get paid pretty well doing that kind of thing so um mm -hmm. you know he's made a lot of promises i think also that uh, would make it hard for him to go back uh, and be a, a college coach again, but that that Texas job, that USC job, if it comes open, those are those are two jobs that are pretty enticing. So, um, and both of them are set up for success. It'd be a cakewalk for him to the college football playoff if you were at a USC. Um, you know, sorry Oregon, sorry uh, Arizona State. Um, you know, <laughs> it would be pretty easy for a guy like Urban Meyer to navigate the Pac-12, and it would be fun to see him go head to head almost with. Uh, with Lincoln Riley uh, at Oklahoma, but um, yeah, you know the football fan of me wants to see him back in college football, but uh, I really don't think it's going to happen. Well, someone's got to fill the void, Adam. Of that, you know, we don't have any groomers this year. There's no, there's yeah. no groomers up in Knoxville, so yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see, we'll see what happens up there. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen over there. Um, I hope, I hope Jeremy Pruitt gets a. a gets at least another year, you know, you got to give a guy a, a couple of years to get, get the program going in the right direction um, and make some, some good hires and that kind of thing. So we'll see what happens on that front. All right, Adam, again, appreciate your time this morning. I know you're 
as busy as anybody can be right now, early signing day right around the corner. Before I let you go, let the folks that are listening know where they can find you and where they can find your work. Yeah, you can always find me on uh, on Rivals.com, Adam Friedman. Uh, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Rivals Friedman. That's F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N. Uh, you can get me on there. Tweet me uh, why you love your team, and I'll tell you why I hate every team and, and why I never like your team. So <laughs> uh, feel free to tweet at me there. All right, that's Adam Friedman of Rivals.com. I do want to remind everybody, as we do every episode, um, be sure to go to Chris Landry uh, Football. That is LandryFootball.com. Go check out the network page. Click on the ad located in the upper right side, and uh, you can pick among any of the legal gambling sites uh, in your state, BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet, whatever whatever tickles your fancy. If it's legal in your state, click on it, sign up, and you can instantly receive an account deposit match or a risk-free bet. From $100 up to $1,000. It's that easy. LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad in the upper right. Start betting. Start gambling. So um, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Respect My Decision. Thanks to Adam and thanks to you, the listeners, for tuning in. We, uh, we greatly appreciate it. So until next week, take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.